Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, folks. Happy Wednesday. The bad weather is continuing in western New York. Is it still 60 degrees in, uh, uh, in Winnipeg, uh, Peter? No, it's, it's no longer balmy. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's cool now. Okay. Yeah, it's cool here too. About forty-five degrees here. And and Russ, you and we're live back. Uh, right. Russ, you're you're uh, you right. were uh, on your way back from the bean pot yesterday when you ran into some. Uh... Yeah, I couldn't outrun the bad weather, so I I ended up staying upstate New York. But let's let's talk about the um, the Grammys for a minute because <laughs> years years ago, rock and roll pretty much was, I want to say. 70% of the Grammy show. Right. Now we're at the point where on prime time, it's 0%. <clears throat> and it's gotten pushed to the afternoon part where I saw uh, Izzy Hale from Hailstorm was was hosting. And Chris Cornell, I guess, won an award. Uh, you know, he in posthumously. Yeah, posthumously. But again, it, it's just, it's maddening to me that there's no rock presence at all on the show for what people see in prime time. And you know that that will change when some of the, when it just suits them, like if Mick Jagger were to pass away next year's show, it would all be Rolling Stones crazy. Right. And so I think there needs to be a happy medium there because I, I just interviewed somebody from a band called the Jacks and they played at the winter classic and, at the Super Bowl, and right. and they they're a rock and roll band, and they are influenced by guys like John Entwistle and Jack Bruce, and so if that does still exist in the world, it should be represented on that show, and it's not. Well, remember when? And I think it was '09 when the Police got back together and toured. It was '07 or '07 or '09. It was the same year. The, uh, same same year the Genesis uh, had the reunion tour. Well, the Police announced the tour and they opened the Grammys. They were the opening song right. and did, uh, I think Roxanne and everybody went nuts. Honestly, I think that's the last time I remember a rock and roll act playing in the Grammys. There was a tribute and Mick Jagger was on there. He did everybody need somebody to love um, the old, uh, whatchamacallit, I can't remember who's it, magic Sam song. Is that it? No, I can't yeah. remember. It. Anyways, but um, he was on there with a bunch of guys. They always have a little of something. It's no, just, no, no, it's they just, had nothing this year. It's just no, gone like that now. No, no, it's like, zero this year. Was but you zero. know what? Rock's kind of boring right now. No, it's really not. It's just, not, I don't disagree with, don't disagree with Peter that, I mean, I'm not, not that it's boring, but there's, I mean, but, there is such a vintage aspect to it in a way that, and, the, what and whatever is new is not necessarily, there's a lot of great new bands out there, but are they, you know, are they well, I'm not saying rock? we should put, do something well, boring like, I'm not saying we should do something boring like put Springsteen on there. Right. No. And we're not, we're not saying that these new bands need to be on there either. What I'm basically saying is even if you're in rap, hip hop or whatever, you were influenced by all of them and they should, there should always be a presence on the show and there really isn't anymore. Yeah. And and that's the part that that's annoying. And 
sort of maddening. Are they? Chat room is bringing up the Eagles in 2017. I do remember that. Um, are, well, are they? Are, 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 are is what they're doing? Are they sort of taking a backseat and letting the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? take the 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 classic rock like you know have the, having those performers and then not doing anything for that for, for that for the grammys i mean i'm it's wondering is there weren't any good acts there was a a female guitarist who was playing prince that sounded pretty good it's really good but but i didn't is that glad Van fleet i i don't want to see you know whatever sean mendez play three songs i don't need to hear that i don't need to see that i only saw the one but it was really good yeah i mean and not everything on a show should be a ballad and on that show it was either all hip-hop or all ballads and no offense but pop music isn't a hundred percent of the music in this world it's not well, let me throw something out there for a second just you know not that this yeah, is throw it out there because i know it's going to be different not be a music <laughs> all right then thank you um no i mean not that this is music going to be a music show but but isn't part of this rock and roll sort of has lost its definition, you know, like what is, what is rock and roll? Like, and you know, I think that that's, that's the bit. So I think the Grammys are a lot, e it's a lot easier for people in the Grammys to go to pop or country or rap or things that actually still have a more defined thing. Rock is very, like is Coldplay rock. I mean, Coldplay is played. No, Coldplay is not rock. It's pop. But, so, but then, so modern well, rock, rock is pop, is and rock, you know, like pop, is the umbrella and you have your branches under it right, right. but i think coldplay, coldplay is, they would consider coldplay rock no um, no full fighters is rock right but see how to see that see now and this the problem that we're having this debate here i think is why the grammy people can't get their hands around it you know what i mean they can't really say what is well like rock. like green day's been on it a million times they're rock so green day's rock and coldplay is not rock correct See, yeah. that, that's a tough that, that's a tough line to draw off. I think a lot of people. No, no, it. I mean, I think I, it's an easy line. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think Coldplay's rock either. I'm not. I'm not saying they are, but I'm just saying that I know that instrumentation. It's strictly an instrumentation. Green Day is rock and Coldplay. Coldplay is, you know, there. It's. I don't so know. Piano-based music can't be rock. Is that what you're saying? No, no. I'm just. Well, then, if Coldplay is not rock, what the heck are Fleetwood Mac? But I want to give like, an I mean, example here. You're going to go down that road. You're right. going to you're going to slaughter no, everyone. Because Fleetwood Mac before they got very poppy was very hard rock. Well, it was Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac. Sure, but but, but I mean, if you go back and think of Rumors, Rumors is no different than what Coldplay is doing now. Right. Right. So it is rock. It's soft rock. it's soft rock. But but yeah. rumors was all over the Grammys. Here here's my basic point though. Like as an example, they had J Lo doing um, Motown, which is fine. Some people said they liked it, some didn't. Why not have someone like Bono do it or somebody like that? Like there's plenty of rock icons that you could have had come on yeah. that would be more interesting than J Lo. But instead, they went for somebody that's really good looking and wouldn't wear a lot of clothes. That's really what they. Were or on these on these Grammys, instead of trying to really mix it up, like if Roy Orbison were still alive, I would rather, no offense to J Lo, hear Roy Orbison do Motown than than J Lo. This is yeah, this, yeah. I mean, this was definitely the plunging neckline Grammys. I mean, there's it was. about that. I mean, um, and I mean, I'm not complaining a bit about it. Address, which was no problem. But, you know. Representation there, you know, I yeah. would have. Even if they had Hall and Oates doing it, they did work with the Temptations at Live Aid. If Hall and Oates did Motown, I think that would be better. Now Hall and Oates is not rock. No, no, no. But I'm saying they're closer to it. It's blue-eyed. It's blue-eyed soul and pop. Right. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, to me, to me, like Motown, Coldplay is like. Uh, well, but, but, but notes, Motown is not a leap. That's but, 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 but it's not. It's not a. It's not something un, uncharacteristic about the Grammys to blur the lines when it comes to musical definition. Because right, Jethro right. Tull was a progressive rock band and won Best right. Heavy Metal. So right, right. It, it, it's very the pro, the point. My point is this: is it's, this is the same fight I have with the prog rock people all the time, on what is prog rock and what is not prog rock. You know, like. And that's always, you know, does it have to have weird time signatures to be prog rock? Does it have to be this, the, you know, that? Um, I don't know. To me, I really I have a tough time with the the whole concept of defining this stuff. And I think the fact that it can't be defined is wonderful. But I think the issue with that is the Grammys is a thing. It's all about defining stuff. Like the Grammys is like best rap album, best country. No, album. see, I, I think it's I think it's more than that. Act. I think it's that more than just defining it. I think what they're doing is they are focusing on what generation is watching that show of course but there are but there are numbers in people of our age watching shows like that but there they are. don't they don't want to cater they don't want to cater to them because basically in 20 years we'll all be dead and those then the and and the 20 year olds will be 40. yeah so i mean that, that i i see i i mean what you should do is you should you should dabble in a number of different things, but they've gotten lazy, and all they're doing is spoon feeding Sean Mendez and, uh, and and Justin Bieber and Miley Cyrus and all these twenty country in this one. And this this is a real well, country. country's big in the southern part. Yeah, and, it's and always big though. I mean, it's no, it's it's big now, but it's always big. It's not, but in, especially in the southern part of the country, still. Well, I mean, in, in most of the country, you know, it's you know, in in all the red states and then anywhere beside the coasts. Country. Let, me, let me give you an example. Thanks to Rolling Stone on this one. Uh, I always go back to like when Yes got their Grammy, their token Grammy. It was for an instrumental for Cinema, which is a like a minute and twenty instrumental that was on nine hundred one two five, a supremely popular album. wasn't even their best, but it was the most popular, right? Yeah, right. Well, yeah. So here are some people that haven't won. Joe Satriani, like he's one of the best guitarists out there. He's been nominated fifteen times. Never won. How about you have a little Joe Satriani moment where you say, all right, look, this guy's been nominated 15 times. Let's have him on and we'll do a little retrospective. The Kinks have never won a Grammy. How about have Ray Davies on and play with whoever you want from today doing a few Kinks songs. Everybody knows these songs. Why not give them a little tribute? Like well, there's so many opportunities. Yeah, you're right. Did you see Did you see Drake's acceptance speech by any chance? I did yeah. not. All right, Drake got out there, and um, I only watched this because yesterday was a snow day here, and I was I was sick as a dog, that's so why I was on the show yesterday. But every, everybody, yeah. was, my daughter was watching the replay of the Grammys because the kids had off of school, and um, Drake got up there and said, "Listen, I'm really appreciate winning this. I didn't expect to win this piece, but for a musician, you know, the award isn't isn't these you know these very subjective awards." He said, "The award is you know getting people you know I did hear that actually getting, yes. getting people on a Friday night to pay money to come out to a show, get a babysitter, yeah. work everything." And I was I was. That's what I've always. I mean, it's a speech I've given in my shows many times. It's like, thank no, you. No, he's so right much. about that. And and he's right about it. and and this is not like. And he said this isn't like basketball where you know someone wins the championship or whatever. This is a subjective thing that's completely. And it's and you know I've been up for awards too. I've won awards in different situations and and I've lost them. And and it's very not a Grammy, of course, but it's like, but it is always you know. We all want to, as 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 anybody, as a norm, it's normal in life to want to quantify yourself as like I won this or did this or kind of you know. But in in art in any form, it's really kind of ridiculous. Okay, but here's here's another thing that was striking to me. Like the Rolling Stones are touring. Why didn't you have them on? Tony Bennett was there. Why yeah. isn't Mick Jagger there? 
because the because the arena they uh, were doing was not wheelchair accessible. <laughs> isn't rock too cool for the Grammys though? I mean, honestly, isn't real rock like? I yeah, think it used to be back when Aerosmith didn't feel like showing, and even Green Day got up and left once. If you remember, they emptied their seats. But I think we're past all that. But I think we're at the point where there needs to be equal representation, and it's not even close to equal. That's my point. Yeah, good. Well, maybe we'll move on, but we gotta we'll get going here. But uh, it's all it's all it's all valid. You know, it's 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 subjective. It's it's the awards. You know. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Here we go. All right, uh, let's start the show here. Is this Wednesday? Yeah, okay. Hello, Hockey World. It's Wednesday, February 13th, 2019. I'm Michael Agello, and I do not need to be reminded that tomorrow is Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'm Russ Cohen, and I just say Valentine's Day is a Hallmark holiday. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And I'm Eklund, and we celebrate every day, of the, every day that we're together here in our family, not just There Valentine's you go. Day. That's what we do, too. You know, and 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 Valentine's Day, <laughs> it's over. Oh, he's right. Heck is right. It's the most expensive night to go out of the year. I mean, it's like right. why would you do that? Um, you watch the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. I did change the jersey today for those of you in the chat room. Um, and you're and uh, we are the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday. This time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And uh, we uh we let's see. So last night, couple a couple big games. Um, some interesting rumors flying around today. Uh, the one I wanted to get to. First and foremost, oh man, there's so many different things to well, get to. Pick one. Where do you want to start, Mike? Go ahead, you can start. You can start. Well, I'll, I mean, I'll just start with one of the one of the uh, the ones that you had in your blog yeah. today was the uh, was uh, Radko Gudis. Yeah. Um, because I I don't doubt that the Maple Leafs at one time were interested in him. Uh, but he was I, like Gudis, you know. What's that? Dubas likes Gudis. Yeah, well, yeah, yes, and he 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 is he is pleasing to both the eyesight group and the analytical group, but uh, I I'm highly doubtful that in season they will go after Gudis for a couple of reasons. One, the price that the that the the Flyers are asking for is relatively close to the price that they the Leafs have been looking to get a top four defenseman with and they don't consider Gudis a top four they consider him probably a, bo a good bottom pairing guy now he's got another year left at three three point three million that's a little pricey for what they see him in terms of a role so I don't think that they're really that interested in Gudis Interestingly, though, Pierre Lebrun uh, about an hour ago on Toronto radio indicated that Gudis may be connected to Tampa Bay, his old team, because Tampa Bay has three defensemen dropping off at the end of the year uh, in um, Braden Colburn and Girardi and Strong. He's got another year left in his contract. They know him. Yeah. Um, and he'd be a good depth guy for them. I don't know who he supplants though. If, if if they do trade him there, because unless one of those rental one of those uh, expiring contracts goes the other way as part of the deal. Hold on, I I don't think the Flyers can afford to trade Radko Gudis. Ivan Provorov finally has someone that yeah. he's clicking with, and he's finally playing back at the level you want him to. You trade Gudis, you might pull the rug out from under that. I agree. Why in the world would you risk that? Plus, plus, I mean, we've 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 heard we've heard ever since of the grand takeover with Holmgren and Bobby Clark getting a little more input that they wanted this team to be more physical, more uh, more like the old Flyers. 
And who on this team, other than Gudis and maybe one or two others, represents that? Nobody. So I, I, I mean, I unless they get paid a king's ransom, and I, I don't, I don't. I don't exclude that possibility because he is the type of defenseman that a lot of teams would like to add—a physical guy, that right-hand shot. But unless they get overpaid, I don't think they're moving. Him. I'll tell you what the undercurrent is here, Mike, and this is why I think others think that Gudis might move because everybody has Sam Moran penciled in like like he can make the Flyers right now once he's yeah. healthy. We don't even know what his skating will be like when he's cleared to play. Sam Moran was barely good enough to play in the NHL before he got hurt. Right. We don't or know Myers, 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 everybody has Myers penciled in too, so it's right. And and Myers is it's definitely closer, and I think Myers can handle it. But yeah. the idea is you still have to have some some veterans back there. Right. You can't have five young defensemen. No. You can't have five defensemen under the age of twenty. Which Provorov's That's Mike. We're really kind of losing you. We're losing you, Mike. You got when you log out and log in. Yeah, having issues there. Uh, I just think that you know, right now, I think the media has Radko Gudis traded faster yeah. than the Flyers do. To be honest, no, I agree with that. I do. I, I mean, and I mean, all I've heard is that you know, like like I wrote that you know that Dubis Dubis has definitely co contact them about him. I, I the Flyers oh. aren't, aren't admitting to being sellers yet at all. So that's oh. well, that's they got to wait till that last possible minute. Which I do think is a mistake. I would have already traded Wade and Simmons. They're they're six points out. They're not going to make it. But but Simmons is playing well right now, and I would trade him right now because again, even if you feel like you're still going to stay in the race, how much are you going to be out of the race with Wayne Simmons out of your lineup? Really? Yeah, yeah. I I, I kind of agree with that. And and I mean, I think there's they have, they have issues with some of the players not wanting Wayne Simmons to go. You know that's one of the big problems they've got sure, going. I'm sure that is, but and uh, but I think that you're right in terms of there are so many like the blog I'm working on for this afternoon is this, is the dominoes that will fall and how they could fall. And there are so many players. Um, there's a lot of tops. It's rare that we have this many top six forwards available um, yeah. at a trade deadline. You, sometimes you get one or two, but like you know we have we have like five or six legitimate ones, maybe even more, and. Um, so the problem with that is there aren't that many buyers. So if you, it would it would behoove them to trade Simmons early because there's going to come a point when there's not going to be a team that's going to want to give them anything for Simmons because there's no going to be no one no one left who has the has the assets to do so. You know, once Duchesne goes and Stone goes and if Panarin goes, you know, and uh, and all these other guys. I mean, the Dzingle and you know Furland and just it keeps going and going and going. Mike, your your connection is terrible. You got to log out, log in. Sorry. I can't. It's all. It will say. I'm. I'm. I don't think you. I think you can because I'm. 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 I'm in here too. So I, I just tried to. It said to end the broadcast. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Don't do that. Yeah, that's fine. Oh shoot. All right. Okay. Actually, you're okay for this moment. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe we'll just. Uh, I, I switched to Wi-Fi. Maybe that'll work. Okay. Okay. Um, so Good. so no. I was. What I was going to say is the the injury to Pasternak um, earlier this week. I mean, should affect what's going on. With the uh, with the Flyers, if they were truly one of the teams that was nonsense, uh, because I think now that's going to escalate uh, Boston looking for a forward, and Simmons would fit that. But again, I don't know. I don't know, Russ. You, you keep saying that the the Flyers and the Bruins aren't are not. Nobody there believes it's going to happen either. Nobody. I, I couldn't find one person in that area who believed that. They would trade with each other, and that would happen. 
And the other thing that I kept hearing is, well, they already have players like Simmons, which is true. Backus yeah. is a little bit like Simmons, and he's already a little bit slower and older yeah. and big and he's physical. They do have those players. They could use a Panarin more than they could use a Simmons. That's obvious. Well, it's it, this is the funny thing. The, the name that came up, and apparently they were second in the bidding for him last summer, was Kovalchuk. And they would not have to pay a big price to get Kovalchuk because I think L.A. is just looking to escape that contract. Um, but yeah. the the, con- the concern is is that he's thirty five years old. And a, he's got- you have to pay a big price going along here. I mean, just like you have to pay a big price in your cap pit and everything like that. Oh yes, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I mean, you would have to pay a big price in terms of a return. I mean, getting I mean, it is not a big deal, right? But but it's a question of whether you think that he's got two more years at uh, of you know of, of acceptable play at six and a quarter million. I, I don't know. I don't know if they think that or not, but that's one option. No, it's 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 an option. Um, I mean, and I and I don't. I think that there might be some teams that are interested in Kovalchuk, but it has to be a team that sees him as a long term solution, not a short term solution. Because there's nobody that sees Kovalchuk anymore as a long term solution. Yeah, I don't think so either. That's that's the issue, right? So um, he'll either stay king or he'll get moved, and then he'll get moved again. Like yeah. at some point, some other team will move him. Yeah, right. I see him literally moving out, moving to different teams the length of this contract. I can't. I mean, I would compare him a little bit to like Voracek in Philly right now in the same kind of thing where, you know, you can't move Voracek either because of the contract. Um, well, not before the deadline, maybe in the offseason. Right. Maybe. I mean, you know, I want to talk about Voracek for a split second because, sure. <laughs> I mean, this is not trade room related. But I'm, so I'm at the game the other night and, you know, I'm, I'm there for the – Pittsburgh game. Where were you sitting for that game? I happened to be sitting in a, in Sportsology's press seat just for fun because you know my friend was there and I, he wanted to sit with me. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. So we sat. Uh, yeah, I was in I was in Russ's seat there. Security. I know. I know. People were looking at me like, oh, wait a second, you're not a baseball fan. Um, yeah. So wait a second, you got hair. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so anyway, the first power play that the Flyers had in that game. Okay, if you want to watch something, you go back and watch this. I, 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 don't like, I, don't like be, I don't like to be mean to people, but, but <laughs> that power play was the most unbelievable. Like a, We counted in the press box seven bad plays in one power play by Voracek. Now that's like, and that's hard to, I mean, that's hard to do. I mean, really, he, it, you know, he, considering he wasn't out for the entire power play, like he had a shift. The second power play unit came out for about 45 seconds. Then he came back on the first power play unit at the end and made two more. So it was five in the first, two in the left. And and it's just it's it's one of those things that just like kills you because he's trying. He's obviously trying to do too much, or he's just not looking where he's passing the puck, or he's you know there's all different sorts of things that are happening in different situations. But the real frustrating thing about it is so so you get to the you know you get the score sheet at the end of the first period, and on Voracek's list there. Uh, zero giveaways for the first period, you know, <laughs> and I, I just I just don't understand how giveaways are calculated in the NHL if he had zero in the first period. Well, I, I you know, one of the things somebody was making this point um, uh, on Toronto radio a couple of days ago, and I agree with it. The 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 chip in the helmet and all the tracking yeah. of the NHL, it's going to do wonders in terms of calculation of statistics. And one of the things, like. Uh, the Leafs Rangers game on Sunday, uh, the Leafs purportedly had 56 shots on Georgiev. Um, people were 
tabulating, like watching the game, and said it was nowhere close to 56 shots. So, right. you know, so some of these things in terms of giveaways, in terms of blocks, in terms of hits, all these things, they should be more accurate going down the line when tra the tracking is involved because – You think so? The giveaways – Yeah, I think so. I mean, how's that going to be tracked? I mean, I don't know the technology. I mean, your chipping your home is not going to tell, you know, if you gave the I, I don't know the technology, but from what I've heard, it's going to help in, in, in measurably the accuracy of statistics. Some statistics, but I mean, I think, you know, this, you're talking about like, you know, I mean, giveaway is a subjective thing. You know, there's no question about it. Like, did he give the puck away or or was, you know, the maybe the guy who was passing to blew it or, was, or you know, was in the wrong place. I mean, there's all different kinds of things that giveaways could be, could be accounted for. So I don't know how that, I mean, I think that you're going to get a lot ice time. Obviously you're going to get distance guys travels. Like we've seen these do really well, but um, you know, that to me is, uh, is, is the issue is like, yeah, I don't, I don't see how giveaway is going to matter there, but and the, well, the, the giveaways, I mean, I'll get away off this, but and I, I feel bad because I, I hate to rip on players. I do, but you know, and it was funny because he is, he just had a rough game all around. And then, I, wrote, I tweeted out that, you know, you know he's going to score because he's had such – but usually if a player plays that terrible for two-thirds of the game, and he did, and he did score. You know, he scored the only goal he had. Right. Um, but, um, you know, and then, you know, and watching yesterday on the broadcast here, the, 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 the announcers were saying how well he's playing lately, and I just think that that's unbelievable. But um, well, what, yeah. I don't even want to rip on a guy, but it, I just the, the whole thing to me is giveaways are giveaways, you know, like – and and, and we got to be fair with them. And I know the hometown teams who are tracking sometimes the giveaways and hits and all that stuff. It, it's, it's very, very, it's very ridiculous. Like, well, I don't know how they come up with it. Yeah. Well, let's let, I mean, I know a lot of everybody's wants to hear the, the, the latest in terms of, uh, yeah, we'll get right to that. Sorry. Um, so I just had to know yeah. that. Um, all right. So like I talk about this, 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 the, um, the concept of dominoes a lot, you know, and this, this year feels more so than ever, because now we're hearing a lot of Columbus and Matt Duchesne, um, which naturally makes you think, okay, they're going to trade Panarin um, right. and get Matt Duchesne because that gives them some, that gives them something to still be in the playoffs. And of course they're not going to trade Panarin to Ottawa. So there's a couple deals involved in this, right? So, sure. but you know, the more I hear about this, um, the more it sounds like they actually might be going for both keeping Panarin and getting Matt Duchesne, you know? Um, and I think that I, I don't get the impression that Panarin, you know, is, is as high on his, their radar being traded as everybody makes it out to be like, and I know that you're going to get, you're going to get nothing for him. You hold on to him. And I know that it's dangerous and all that stuff. And you might not convince him to stay, but yeah. this is a team that this is a team I've said many times. This is a team that has not won a playoff series. They are uh, desperate. I get so it. Far. And I, I I get that, but yeah, I mean the I, I heard something similar uh, yesterday, and the, the the report that was coming out about Duchesne and Columbus said it was basically if they could get a certain amount for Panarin, yeah. that was greater than what they would have to give up for Duchesne, then they would do it. If they did not get what they thought was an equal value. And what's the point of making the deal? And then they just keep Panarin. So it's either keep Panarin or trade Panarin and get Duchesne, but not, I, I don't know if both, because really, again, Columbus is life or death to make the playoffs right now. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're not in a very secure position at this point. 
So uh, honestly, it's like I mean, you can say, okay, let's let's add and let's make a run for it. But really, you're you're talking about leading into a complete retool next year if you have Bobrovsky, you don't have Panarin, and you don't resign Duchesne if you trade for him. So I mean, I. I, I honestly, I, I can see them making a move where they trade Panarin and then they bring somebody in to keep their hopes alive because they want to win in the first round. Right. But I, I don't think they're winning in the first round if they don't have Panarin. Well, what's interesting is last night, I mean, I don't know how much of the game you watched, um, but I watched a little bit of this game, of the Capitals game, um, and and they just they just dominated the Capitals. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because they, they really – I mean, the first two periods, the Caps had like seven shots on goal in the first two periods. Well, time. I mean, if they don't work themselves up into a lather for the team that eliminated them last year, I would worry about the, the heart on that team. And they and they, they played well. So, you know, and then uh, I saw Bobrovsky make a big save in that game. So, yeah, I mean, they're not – it's not that they're unca- they're not capable of, of doing something. They just never have. And, again, the risk, the risk of keeping Panarin when it's clear – based on the signals that he's sending, that he is not staying there. Yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, you, I think you can get a – and we were talking – Peter and I were talking about this yesterday. When Panarin came out and said, you know, I'm not talking long-term ex- – I'm not talking extension with anybody, even if I'm traded. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to market in July, and that's where, that's where things are going to be. You could say that that undercut – Columbus in terms of trading them, but yeah. you can also say that there there are four or five teams that'll be in the bidding for Panarin, and that will ramp up what they get in return. So I think right. they'll still get a good return for them. Right. No, I think they will. I think they will too. I, I, I they will get a, a trading his rights type thing. No question about it. You know, get something for that at, at, at the draft. You know, but I I think at the end of the day, they've got to, you know. They've got to win there, and Columbus just—I just don't think it's a—I don't think it's a slam dunk. I mean, I, I know Florida is trying very hard to get both these guys right now, um, and I know that for a fact is happening. But whether or not they can pull that off or, or not is the well, case. Who knows? And, and, that's, and that's, that's the other thing. It's like when Panarin comes out and says what he said, and Bobrovsky has a no-move clause, so you know he can go anywhere he wants to go. If you're Dale Talon, why are you giving up? You know, because the the rumor is that you know the, all of a sudden Huberto's name has come out in the last forty eight yeah. hours as being potentially shopped. And I would assume that if we're talking about Bobrovsky and Panarin going to Florida, that somehow the Huberto rumor is tied to Columbus. Why are you trading Huberto when there is no guarantee that those guys are signing with you? Yeah, you'd have to have a guarantee. I mean, they, and and if they know that he wants to, that that's a place he wants to play, then then they know. Right. Yeah, I don't. They're not gonna. I don't think they're making that trade unless they can guarantee it. And I think, but I do know that Florida. You know, I think. You know, obviously, Talon knows. You know, knows Panarin. You know, he knows all about Panarin, and and, and you know, so he has some. He, well, he'd have to have some kind of sense as to what Panarin right. would be willing to do here in order to make that trade. You know, so that that's what I think. I, I mean, I think that you're gonna see that. I, this week is the really crazy week that like we've talked about. We got two days left here for a really Matt Duchesne's thing to figure out, and that's going to play in a lot of different ways because Ottawa wants, you know, I've been told to know by Friday, and if that's the case, that gives them, you know, basically eight or nine days to make a deal. Um, at which point, you know, Duchesne or Duchesne and Stone for Duchesne. 
Stone, stone or stone? I don't even know. I haven't heard. Um, I don't think Stone is talking to them very much right now. I think Duchesne is much closer. I think they are just hoping. It feels like well, they basically focused their efforts on on Duchesne. Well, right? the, the the analysis about Duchesne, it, it came out, and, and nothing has come out regarding an offer to Stone, but it did come out that Ottawa offered Duchesne an eight-year deal at eight million. And I know that there's been some people out there that said Duchesne is not getting that anywhere else. So it's, but probably, it, true. it's probably true. But the question is, does he want to go through two or three years of a rebuild? Because we know it's not going to stop with Stone and Duchesne. It's going to be Dezingle. It's going to be CeCe. It's going to be Craig Anderson. It's going to be Pajot. They're going to clear all of them out. Yeah, because because it makes no sense to keep them around. I mean, you're going to keep a veteran or two there to to have good a good influence on the youngsters, but you're probably going to clear out most of these guys because they have value, and you're not going to win the next two or three years. No, it's, it's really true. I mean, and and they have they have to make a they have to make something they have to be bold about this, and just and you know, I mean, the idea of keeping all three of them is almost virtually impossible. You know, like that's not going to happen. Um, including Zingo, but. Too. Yeah, I mean, they, I, I, I think it's, I think it's a guarantee that two of them are going to move, and likely that all three are going to move. That's the way. That's the way it looks right now. Yeah, it seems to be the common feeling out there. I mean, you know, so so last night another team, another team I'm watching really carefully is Nashville right now because last night Nashville lost again last night. They lost to the Red Wings, um, which is like a big deal, and that's that's still one of the most hated rivals for the Predators down in Nashville. Like the hardest one of the hardest tickets to get is a Red Wings game. From all the years they were, you know, in the same division and Red Wings fans love to travel to Nashville. So that would that happened a lot. But um, you know, they we talked about this yesterday, the these these younger teams that have nothing to play for and how they usually have terrible Februaries. Yeah. Continuing on and on and on here with 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 Nashville. I mean Winnipeg does get the win last night. They did manage to 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 kind of eke it out, right? They, they they it was a close game. Now let me ask you: Did was there a hearing at all for Bufflin's hit on uh, Jesper Fast? I haven't heard anything about that. Because I got to tell you, the when you first see it, it's like ah, eh, it doesn't look like that big a deal. Bufflin's a much bigger guy. When you see the overhead, you realize how much he loaded up that elbow to hit him, and you know he could have literally knocked him out. Yeah, and no. Bufflin gets away with that a lot. The same way Mark Messier used to get away with the elbow. The same way Chris Pronger used to get away with the elbow, but in this era, he really shouldn't. And if he doesn't even get a a call for that, that's crazy. Yeah. No, I know. And I would I would have expected it. I would expect it as well. I mean, did you I did we did hear today, I think, that the true that Malkin got an extra game now on top of this? I heard he just got one game. One. I heard he got one more game on top of that because of something he said. Looking well, maybe that's true, but here's yeah. the irony of all this. Now Back in the day, a stick swinging incident would have gotten you much more than one game, right? Even, now, if, it didn't, even if it didn't connect, even if it didn't right. connect, correct? It's this just one, about connecting, you know, you know. I know this one. He only gets one because he doesn't have any priors, which again shows how much he gets away with. Because Malkin should have priors. Malkin, player, well, him, him and Ovechkin should have priors, right? But they don't. They don't have fires because they get the star treatment, 
And in this instance, he gets the one game. It, it, let's just say, if you would have connected, it would have been Brian Berard and Marion Hosa. Right, but even in, what if Tom Wilson was swinging the stick and he didn't connect? He would be out for 20-something games. No, 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 no. I think he'd be out for five. I don't think okay. he'd be out. I think – It would be significant, right? It would be, it would be more significant than Malkin, yes, because That's, he has a reputation. Right. And it was funny because I heard people yesterday on the – I think it was this show um, – the Sportsnet show at Hockey Central, you know, Armstrong and these guys at noon saying that they thought it was ridiculous that you, if you don't connect, you shouldn't get suspended. And I'm just like, that's just, that's crazy. I mean, I, I don't get that. I don't get that at yeah, all. That is great. I mean, it doesn't, the intent was there. Yeah. What are you doing trying to, I mean, it, 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 you're threatening it, you know, it's like, an, it's, yeah, it's like, you know, premeditated thought. I mean, you're, you're taking yeah. a swing at someone. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just hearken back to the old Chris Simon, Ryan Hallwig incident from years ago where he basically took a baseball swing and hit Hallwig right over the lip. I remember that. And I think he got 20 games for that, but he connected. I, I may have covered that game, actually. Yeah, it was, it was I at NASA. That game. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was in um... – he got, I believe he got 20 games, yeah. and, he, and he connected. And it's surprising that Hallwig didn't have more damage because it was a swing. It was like a boom. And nothing, nothing happened. And I mean, he, you know, I don't think so. I'm not sure if Simon ever played in the NHL after that play. I don't think he did. That game was in New York, and I was at that. I was covering it. Was that. at Nassau Coliseum? I was at Nassau. I didn't cover it. Yeah, yeah. I was there for that thing. I, I remember being there for that. I do remember that. Um, I'm not sure if that was the same game that Dan Cluche challenged the Islander bench, but it was. I don't think it was. I think that. Yeah, I think that was. A, I think that was a significant. Or I think it was more earlier, but anyway, I want to touch on before I got to go, which is pretty soon, and they're going to yeah. finish out the show here. Um, is Dougie yeah. Hamilton, um, who we talked to, um, I wrote about yesterday. Yeah, we'll take some questions after I cast the drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it really, you know, it's funny how things come come around. You know, Doug, Dougie Hamilton was was you know initially the guy I had rumored that Toronto was most interested in in this situation, um, and that other teams, you know, had a lot of interest in, you know, especially the Islanders. It, like those, the Islanders and the Maple Leafs have always been the two that I've kind of linked Dougie Hamilton to. Yeah. And uh, and then that went away for a while, but now it feels like Carolina is liking a lot of their players, and again is trying to m consider at least moving Dougie Hamilton, which is such an interesting thing because Hamilton, this would be a lot of moves for Hamilton, you know, really early in his career, which makes you wonder about him. Obviously, that's always something that comes into play when a guy's getting shipped around who's this talented because he's. He's got all the all the components of a star, you know. Like he's he's got he's a big defenseman who can skate. He can you know do everything and uh, right, which makes gives you pause if you're a team yeah. interested in him. Why he would be moved again? Yeah, why would he be? Moved? And but you know, but when you look at every situation he has been in, all the moves have been kind of odd. Like the Boston thing was just really weird. Like that was just a really strange one. Because the Boston the Boston thing was they and I remember Ty Anderson telling us on. Uh, Buzzcast yeah. a long time ago. It was basically the fact that he wanted to get. He didn't want to stay in Boston, right? Uh, and you know, to stay in Boston, he was expecting to get overpaid. So they were not. They were not interested in paying him what he was looking for, and he didn't want to play there. That was that right. was the gist of it. Right. Then he goes to Calgary, you know, and what? But then, so then, and then you have this. You know, this coach leaves Carolina and goes to Calgary. And and then that's it. And then the coach just really wants to bring Hannafin with him to Calgary, right? And so to make that trade to get Hannafin to Calgary, Hamilton gets moved again for another, you know. So another significant. I mean, so both of those moves, although you can say he's been moved twice, there were some reasons behind them. 
that weren't necessarily his fault. I guess you could say he was asking for too much money in Boston. There was other well, things going on in Boston, but he's definitely asking for too much money. I mean, that's for them. Yeah, not for, not the, I mean, the only player, you know, his RFA is going to ask for too much money. So that's like, yeah. But you know, but now if he's moved, if, you know, now you wonder because Carolina, it, Hamilton should be a good fit in Carolina. You know, there's no reason he shouldn't work in Carolina. Well, in, in Carolina, I think it's different because right now. And I watched them play uh, a little bit last night, but uh, intently in a game that they played against Buffalo last week. They're playing four right-handed defensemen. Yep. They're, play they're playing Trevor Van Riemsdyk, uh, Falk, Pesci, and Hamilton. So they have they have extra righties, and right now righties are you know what a lot of a lot of teams need. Um, Pesci, I, I know for a fact that Toronto is more interested in Pesci. Because Pesci has five years at a little over four million, and the cost certainty is something that they're looking for. Right, and they and they they have enough offensive-minded defensemen. They need somebody who's more two-way, and Pesci fits that rather than Falk or Hamilton. I think the price on Hamilton probably would be cheaper than it is on Pesci because of that uh, situation. Yeah, and then, but but I mean, but Hamilton's not a horrible defensive defense. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not, but no. but but he's only under contract for two more years at five point seven five. So that the again in terms of Toronto, I think that that difference in price would be a part of it. Also, they like I said they have. But if you're Toronto, that's yeah. this year and two more years. That's three playoff runs with Hamilton. At five, right, but I, I don't think they want to pay that much. I don't think they want to pay that much in terms of salary for another for a defenseman. I mean, you're talking about if they lose Gardner and replace him with Hamilton in a trade, you're talking about almost two million dollars difference between one one defenseman and another. Right. That's too that's too much, especially with the squeeze that they're going to be under. With but if they get Gardner for five point seven five, I keep hearing they would do it. You know, like if they could get Gardner for that, they think Gardner is going to want a lot more than that. So I'm not hard. Gardner's going to market. He's getting over six million. Right. So, if, but if they could get him for five, people say, okay, we would. They would consider it. Right. Know? Right. But I, no, I don't think I, I don't think they're going to get him for five. I mean, there, there was talk about Pat Brisson being in Toronto last week, talking to Dubis, maybe getting an idea of where you know they're keeping the lines of communication open. I mean, the only way Gardner stays in Toronto is if he gets a front-loaded deal where the uh, you know maybe the AAV is spread out over 8 years and they fr and they front load it and give a heavy signing bonus but I don't think they can I don't think that there's a desire there with Liljegren coming with Sandine coming that they're going to pay Jake Gardner who is a flawed one-way defenseman pay him over 5 million bucks I think he's gone after he's an own rental this year no, I agree with that and I, but I think Hamilton is worth 5.75 Right, but he's not. He to the Leafs, he's probably not worth what they would have to give up to get him, which is probably Janssen or Kapanen. They might do that for Pesci because there's cost certainty there. I don't think they're doing it for Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cost certainty for three years is pretty good, though. I don't know. Cost just, certainty for five years is better, especially when it's two it million, over two million dollars or almost two million dollars cheaper. No, for sure, for sure. Well, I do have to run, guys. I'm sorry. Kids, kids thing appointment right now that I've got to hit. Yeah. But, um, thank you guys for joining us, and, and Mike and Russ will take you out from here. Um, but I will see you all tomorrow. So thanks very much for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Um, we'll take some questions in the chat. Um, just a couple things uh, from games last night. Um, 
Russ, I know that there's a little bit of panic going on in Vegas right now. They've sort of stepped, they've sort of slipped back a little bit after having a good run for a while. They lost to Arizona last night, five to two. Yeah. I don't know if that means all of a sudden they're going to get willy willy nilly in the trade market, but I think McPhee, there are some options there for him, and he's got cap room, so I could see them make some making a couple tweaking moves if it helps them. Yeah, I think tweaking stuff. I don't think it's going to be anything big. Um, the Blues have stayed red hot. They they win uh, 8-3 over the Devils last night. And I, I watched a little bit of that game, and, the, I mean, there's definitely a lot of confidence going on in St. Louis right now. I think they're confident in their goaltending with Bennington, and even Allen has stepped up a little bit. And I could just say right now, anything tied to Pareko, to Pedrangelo, to maroon to anybody i don't think they're trading anybody i think they're sticking with that they're they're hot right now they're not going to mess with it and they're on the path where you know if they salvage a playoff spot after the first half they might take someone like barbershev right i mean you know right right if they could if they if they could actually add to the group that they have and improve their experience they get someone with experience they might do that right but we were talking about full out and that's not happening now so um okay um let's check some questions in the chat okay i actually was trying to look up a stat but we know what happens when you try and look up a stat so (laughs) i'll let the spinning wheel keep spinning but the problem is i can't get to the chat room oh okay well hold on uh (laughs) unless you could get to it no uh, i'll I'll try hold on a second because (laughs) Well, uh, while, while while I'm doing that, give us uh, give us your uh, impressions on the bean pot. So the bean pot was great. It it, it really is the passion of it is tremendous. Uh, people go to my Instagram; they could see like the Blue Man Group was there, and they actually joined BC's band at one point and were playing with the BC band. That was a lot of fun. Caden uh, Primo was great; like he's won his second in a row. They're going to go for three. He's not going to turn pro or anything like that. He uh, he also won best goalie, so he was the goalie, best goalie, and the MVP this year. Just tremendous, tremendous effort. It was a good game. It it, it stayed pretty close for a while. Uh, BC just didn't defend in front of uh, Joseph Wool. Like Wool, early on in that game for first period and a half, Wool was making just some unbelievable saves, and he his flexibility has gotten so much better in the last two years that. I think he will turn pro, and I think the Leafs will just figure out what they're going to do with all their young goalies. But I think it's a good problem to have. I don't think he'll go back because I just they have um, they have Spencer Knight coming in, and he's a, probably a first rounder this year. So I don't think I got the chat room up all right. Yeah, so, I, so, do, so do I. Okay. So I think I think that's pretty safe. So I think Wool will, will probably turn pro, and David Cotton looked really good too. Like that was another thing where David Cotton really early on in that game wasn't a factor, but then came out in like the third period, house on fire, got a goal, really started getting the charge going, you know, for a potential comeback. So now that I have the stats going here, what I was looking up is, you know, Dougie Hamilton has 10 goals. Just to give you an example, Giordano's got 12. Gustafson got 12. Like 12 is like the high watermark right now for defensemen, and he's got 10. And Giordano's a a leading candidate for the Norris, so we're, you know. So it just shows you, you know, Hamilton's having a pretty good year. I'm not not saying Hamilton's not a good defenseman. He's a very good defenseman. 
I'm just saying, I think that the monetary considerations lean if Toronto is, you know, and everybody keeps connecting Toronto and Carolina. I think it leans more towards Pesci because of the long-term money. He's uh, at, he's at the same contract amount that Gardner is right now. Right. 4.025 million. If the, if Gardner walks in free agency, which I expect them to do, and they trade for Pesci, then it doesn't really shake up their 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 salary structure at all in terms of what they're allocating toward defense. Right. Okay. So questions. Uh, healthy Kev A. That's that's a name. Yeah. Uh, wants to know if we see Vancouver as a as a home for Carlson. They could offer seven by eleven. They had that space, number one role. I don't think they would offer that much for Carlson. I do think that's a potential spot for Carlson, mm -hmm. but I don't think they're going to offer him seven by eleven. I, I think it would be more like probably like five by ten. I think right. that, and yes, they do have the room. I also think Carlson might get an offer from the Rangers. I think Carlson will. Uh, who are you going to say? No, I, I I don't know the nature of the injury right now, but I mean I know that like everybody was going hot and heavy about Carlson, uh, you know after the, uh, you know like in the last couple months the, when when he was really playing well after he played Ottawa that he went on this streak where he was scoring at a point per game pace, but he's been out for like seven or eight games now. That might give teams who are interested in him a little pause because remember yeah. he's been injury prone the last few years, so. People um, used to sign your Sergey Gonchar until he was forty, so I don't think it's going to matter. I'm just, right. I'm just uh, trying to uh, think. Uh, okay. Uh, well, let me go further back in the questions. Uh, somebody was asking about any news about Detroit and Nicholas Cronwall. This is from Julian Filion. Um, mm -hmm. The the indicators are right now that Cronwall is not going to uh, not going to accept a trade. That he wants right. to stay in Detroit. He's been there his entire career. He may even sign an extension there. I, I don't think that these, you know, the, the rumors that have been popping up about him in Toronto, they, they don't add up because even though he's a, righty, a right defenseman, he's a left shot, and that doesn't help the Leafs because they have five lefties already. So uh, go ahead. You take the next yeah. one. Uh, next one is Antoine wants to know, like, will Zuccarello, Simmons, Nyquist, are any teams willing to pay a first for these guys? I think you might get a conditional first for Simmons. Otherwise, nobody else is getting a first. None of those guys. Yeah, Nyquist is at like a two and a four, I would think. Right. With that. Yeah, uh, so Mike Doyle asks, Russ, do you see the Pens going after a defenseman quickly now with Mata being out with a shoulder injury? Now, I hadn't heard about the injury, but Justin yeah, Schultz, last night. Yeah, Justin Schultz is coming back pretty soon. I mean, so, I heard a report on New York Radio today saying that you know, Boomer Esiason said he ran into Rutherford and he seemed kind of like uh, not happy with his team. It's hard to make a fast trade for a defenseman. If you make a fast trade for a defenseman, generally you're getting a guy who's like a number five in the league. Mm -hmm. I think the Penguins have enough of those guys. So I don't think there's a fast trade for Rutherford to make right now. I think you have to wait and see what the long-term ramifications are with Mata. And then if they need somebody better than that, they're running out of assets to trade. I mean, let's be real about that. So they've got to hope that this is just like a, you know, subluxation, a sprain, and and he'll be back soon. But I don't think they're going to just – I think people have gotten used to Rutherford just going out and trading when injuries occur. But I don't think in this instance 
that's going to necessarily happen. Uh, another another question from Julian Filion. Uh, Mike, would Toronto use the Nathan Horton contract to make a trade? I, I, I don't think that'll happen now, but I'll tell you one thing. They've never been able, other than one sh one instance for about a month or two, they've never put Nathan Horton's contract on LTIR. It's right now they're taking the full the the, the cap hit. He's on injured reserve. He's never going to play again. But it's not on long term injury to open up cap space. Yeah. Next year, I would in the summer I would not doubt that the Leafs make a deal with somebody like Arizona, some team that's trying to get up to the cap floor, uh, and trade the $5.3 million cap hit to somebody and give, and give up a draft pick to, for them to take that on because they need that cap space. They don't, if, if they put it to LTIR, they op would open it up, but I think it op only opens up a percentage or it doesn't open up the full 5.3 million. They may try to trade it so they can either um, fit the bonus overages that there, if there are still those for, for Matthews and Marner if they have to put those on next year's cap or just to open up the space so they can use it. So I think they yeah. will trade it, but not right now. I mean, Steve wants to know if Anaheim be open to trading Manson. Then he goes into Toronto stuff. I don't think so. He's, nope. he's under team control. He's got a reasonable contract. Yep. He plays well. He skates well. Like that's a guy who I think's job is pretty safe. Even with the uh, boss behind the bench, the the, uh, duck, the the ducks. I mean, right now, if they make if they make trades, I mean, looking forward to next year, they've got a young defense. They've got Jakob uh, Larson. They've yeah. got Manson and Montour. I think Montour's uh, he still has another year left in his contract. They have Fowler and Lindholm. The name of Lindholm has popped up. Um, now I I don't know if they're not pleased with the way he's playing or if they. Figure they have to pay Montour, so maybe they would trade trade Lindholm. He, yeah. First of all, he'll get a lot of interest because he's a good defenseman. Um, but sure. uh, they're going to be they're going to be concentrating on clearing out the big money that they're paying to some of these older forwards. I don't think unless they use one of their young defensemen as an enticement to dump a a Getzloff or a Perry's or, or or a Kessler's contract on somebody else. I don't see them trading any of their defensemen. So. I guess we'll go with the last question for Esmir here. Okay. He, um, he was asking, would the Islanders at this point trade Nelson or Everly at the deadline? I happen to think if it were to come down to those two, that Everly would be the guy that goes because Nelson's like a Lou player. He's he's definitely a Trots guy. Yeah. He put 17 goals. They still need him. This is not like a team that's loaded with scoring, but I think if they lost Everly, it's not a huge loss. Right. And you might be able to get a team thinking they could rehabilitate Everly a bit. So I think Everly's the guy because I don't think there's any way he's returning to the island. I just don't get that vibe that, yeah. that he's going to go back there. I don't know how much they get for Everly. I mean, did, do they get as much for Everly as Detroit gets for Nyquist? They might get more depending on the team because – Of his reputation think, as being a, a clutch yeah, scorer. The clutch part – He's still a really good skater. Not that Nyquist isn't, but Everly's still, you know, a good enough skater. Uh, you know, he's got 13 goals. You could make the argument in the playoffs, he doesn't have any goals. So, but we're know, talking about World Junior. We're talking about World Championship. Yeah, that's that's where he, you know, he gets the rep from. I, I just happen to think, even though Nyquist is the better player, that Everly, yeah, because of that reputation, 
might be able to get a little bit more. Mike said, you know, uh, he would see, I guess, the Leafs going after Every? Zingle or the Leafs going after Zingle or Ryan Zingle or, or CC, Cody CC. CC in the offseason, maybe because he's a right hand shot, but you better uh, remember. He he in arbitration he got four point three million. If it's just purely uh, going to arbitration again, because he's I think he's one year away from being a UFA, it's going to be over five million. I don't think the Leafs. I don't think a lot of teams think that he's a five million dollar defenseman. Right, I think that is that is a part of it. Uh, now they could the the, the, you know, the 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 Ottawa Senators could keep him, go to arbitration, and walk away. But then they're losing an asset for nothing. I think they're going to trade him someplace who is interested in signing him on on a long term deal. But I don't think he's going to get like a six or seven year deal. He'll probably get a three or four year deal. Right. I'm going to take pity on Hunter, who has signed in on the show late and expects to get a question in here. But it's a good question, okay. so I, I, will, I will take pity on him. He he wants to know if what. What would the Getzlaff's value be if he were to be traded? Now, Getzlaff would definitely get a first if he was traded. Yes. And he would definitely get a top prospect because he still has a year left on his deal. And if somebody's willing to eat the salary or if Anaheim's willing to eat like a million or two of it a year, they would get a top prospect and a first. Right. I asked the question about slot and Vegas included and it would be it would probably you know it would obviously uh, include a first round pick and if they didn't want to retain salary it would probably include somebody going back to Anaheim in exchange for Getzloff in terms of a contract yeah um but i don't know if it would include a guy like glass so a lot of people seem to think will be in the NHL next year right so all right. I, don't think I don't think they're going to trade Cody Glass. I just get that feeling they want him. I still think long-term he's the face of that franchise. I mean, they've already traded Nick Suzuki, so they don't want to trade Branstrom, Branstrom right. and they don't want to trade Glass because then – If you think about it from a marketing perspective, if Glass is what we think he is, yeah. he's their Steve Eiserman, really. Yeah, he's an original draft pick yeah. developed in the organization. Yeah, they'll want to keep – and he was, what, sixth overall. So they yeah. want to keep him and at least see what he can do. So Yeah. Okay, uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast uh, for the abbreviated appearance of Peter Tessier for Eklund. And for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thank you for watching. And remember, it's just hockey. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.